0: Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured.
1: We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay.
0: I'm Stephanie. And I think I finally figured out that saying you're listening, hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. I think just saying Drunk and Uncultured is such like a weird vocal thing that it sounds slurred no matter how sober you are saying Drunk and Uncultured. And maybe it's the word uncultured that is hard to like enunciate like it's very easy to be like, you're on Calder. <laughs>
1: um, I also was going to point out that uh, we recorded the intro three different times. <laughs> this is our yeah. third time recording this intro for some godforsaken reason. Well, technically two and a half because okay. you were not recording the I second time. I was not recording. Time the was. The sec- That's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, it, again, I've, it's very confusing recording during the day. Like, it's always so dark when it's, like,
0: outside. I'm like, where am I? What time is it? It is really bright. This room is especially bright during the day because it's a giant window. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so this is the second episode of the month. It's, um, my so binge Electric's watch Oogloo update. Electric Part 2. Oh, I was going to say, it's it's my binge watch update. That too. <laughs> um, so I've been binging, um... Two shows. I guess one of them's over now, but binged uh, Rings of Power. Um, that's the Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings like, I still prequel. That. Um, sort of an adaptation of the Cimmerillion um, by J.K. Uh... <laughs> 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 Lindsay, no. J.K. Martin. Because <laughs> I'm just going to put them all together um, by Tolkien. Uh, is it J.R.R. Tolkien?
1: Yes. Yes, it's it very
0: confusing. J.K. Rowling, J.R.R. R. Tolkien. You know that she the reason she used J.K. It was because yeah. of Tolkien. Uh, it's because they told her that fantasy it, novels don't sell very well when they're by women. Right. Um, but right. then so there's George R.R. Martin, R. R. and it's yeah, just a lot, lot of, of initials lot of for very many people. <laughs> a lot of letters. A lot of letters. Um, anyways, by Tolkien, um, it's you know actually you haven't watched it, so I'm not gonna say too much. It's interesting. That's all I'll say. Okay, I'll get um, there eventually. It's very beautiful. It's um, I think it's I think it's the most expensive TV show ever made. Oh really? I thought it was yeah. just the most expensive one Amazon's ever made. No, I think it's the most expensive TV show ever made. Like their budget was huge, um, and you can tell. Like, you can absolutely tell how like they had a giant budget because it's very very pretty. Mm-hmm. A lot of like scenery, a lot of landscape, a lot of like really well done. Intricate set designs, um, so if nothing else, watch it for that. Um, also, been binging Rings of Power. Oh, I just said yeah. that. <laughs> um, I haven't finished my coffee, obviously. Um, also, been binging House of the Dragon, which I actually saw a really interesting TikTok that was talking about how people don't say call it House of the Dragon. Like I call it House of Dragons. Um, it's because... called
1: House of the Dragon. I just keep calling yeah, it's it called House of, dragon. of the
0: Dragon. Uh, and the TikTok was about how like the name is terrible because Game of Thrones was about one single throne and it should have been called Game of the Throne. Mm. Um, but House of the Dragon is about many dragons and it should be called House of Dragons. And that like the makes names are sense, the names are stupid and they don't make sense for like what they're actually about.
1: I keep getting confused um, when I watch that show because everyone
0: has the same name. Also, everyone looks the same. That too. Like all of the kids look. The same, identical. and I can't I don't know tell them who. apart.
1: I know the one guy have... now because he's fucking ugly and scary looking. I know which one that yes. is, and
0: uh, that's all I got. Well, I think that's why they gave that one guy the scar so you could tell them apart. Um, I think what's hard for me with that show is yes, everyone has the same name. Also, there's so many like time jumps that yeah, and the actors change. On.
1: Yeah.
0: And their names are all the same. And everyone is blonde, and if you're not blonde, I can tell who you are because you're not blonde. But all of the blonde people look the same, and it's very confusing. Um, and then there's
1: Matt Smith, who's very recognizable, so he's easy to figure out who
0: he is. Yeah, I, Matt Smith, I can't get behind. I can't.
1: I he's can't. great. He's
0: great in it, though. Oh he's yeah, just he's a, really good, but he like he makes every, me feel icky.
1: Every time I look at him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Matt. That's Matt Smith. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he has no eyebrows.
1: Yeah, he was in Doctor Who for a long time.
0: Yes. Um, it's a great show. I actually really like it. I do um, too.
1: I'm really happy with it.
0: I. It's funny because I w- we we watched Rings of Power first because I thought I would not like House of the Dragon based on the way Game of Thrones ended, um, but I actually like it so much more than Game of Thrones. I think mm-hmm. that like having one concise story, while there are multiple locations, it's just telling one story. It's it's very like easy to follow despite the many characters that have the exact same names that's it's got um, to be
1: complicated somewhere whether it be
0: yeah 50, but it's, it's easy to follow happening. yeah yeah and it, it's it's you're not following like 15 different plot lines and yeah. it, like when there are sort of separate plot lines they come together very quickly so i actually really like that one um i think the last episode will have aired right the day before yeah, this right episode after, comes out right before we so we'll have release, probably yeah. finished it by then but um
1: yeah i'm excited also that show gave us the current tiktok crazy trend of the Negronis, negroni spagliato with, with prosecco in it yeah. i was at forbidden root last night and we were making fun of that for like 15 minutes with the bartender
0: yeah my favorite thing and about we all just that kept TikTok, walking though, around my, saying it my favorite thing about that tiktok though is that i can't remember the actors names but um it's just people like talking about Negroni spagliato is like duetting that and then talking about how attractive the the actor that says Negroni spagliato mm-hmm. there is like, Okay, yeah, this person beautiful. Neighbor. We're not paying attention to how attractive this person is.
1: <laughs> There's a second part to it that I saw where they're both like talking about like what's a what's a recipe you make really well.
0: Oh, the um sausage mascarpone pasta. Yeah. And then uh, the the other actor is the other actor is like You'll have to invite me over for dinner, and then like raises their eyebrows, and it's like the hottest thing I've seen. <laughs> it's
1: because the actor is hot. That's what. That's what. That's the takeaway of all of this. Also, the actor is hot. The gin is the best part of a Negroni. Don't do what. It, don't get whatever the fuck this thing is. This I sounds terrible. That also, sounds uh, the TikToks disgusting.
0: about people having Negroni Spagliatos, like their first time ever having a Negroni is a Negroni Spagliato, and they, and then people are like. There's Campari in it. That's just disgusting. Campari's gross. <laughs> like, the only thing that makes Campari drinkable is the gin, so mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah. Anyways, those are the two shows I've been watching um, that are new. I just started um, The Midnight Club. Um, oh, I want to watch so that. So we'll talk about that maybe in, like, a month if I yeah, remember I, I watched watch it. I want to watch that. I want to watch that real bad. I just started. It's good so far. Yeah. Not as good as... Um, ryan whatever is it ryan i don't know what are you talking about i don't know not as good as the guy that makes it but other stuff like bly house or bly oh, manor hill house bly manor huh? yeah. hill House. not as good as those, midnight
1: yeah i don't know the guy's name i just know i, that I think it's like ryan things. something
0: anyways let's get into the beer yeah <laughs> what are you drinking
1: um, we're both drinking San Francisco Bay Area beers today. Uh, that never happens. I am drinking in Hume from Ghost Town.
0: Oh, that's the beer that you bought that took me two months to send, and instead of sending it, I just brought it with me. You brought it I to my apartment? Or you brought
1: it to Trevor's apartment?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm drinking, uh, Laughing Monk's Peach Fruited Sour. The artwork's very cute. It's got all, like, mario I don't know, I'm oh showing, I'm showing you that
1: makes sense that's so cute yeah it's got a little goomba isn't that a koopa koopa isn't a goomba the mushroom guy
0: okay there's not a goomba on here jesus christ you could have just said that was a goomba and like nobody would have known i got it wrong no
1: i have to point out that you're wrong i can't let you i have to humble you
0: somehow you humble me on like an hourly basis. Yeah. <laughs> you, you give need it. me the big sad all the time. <laughs> it's because you need it.
1: That's why I have to give it to you so much because somebody's got to keep you humble and I have to do it all the That's way That's true. I am inventory. like a Capricorn
0: stellum, so somebody needs to humble me. Yeah. <laughs> that comes with the God complex.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm actually sad. This is my last one of these. So I like this beer a lot. Um, it's very, like, mellow for a 7% IPA. Um, it's very, like, well-balanced and easy to drink. It's got a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of pine, and a little bit of, like, pale maltiness to it. But it's very easy to drink, and it's just such a good IPA. It's Also, I'm going to drink, like, half of this in the next 30 seconds because that's how easy it is to drink, and then I'm going to be out of beer.
0: Yeah, I love In-Hume. Um, I was actually drinking that at the Superorganism show, the – August Hall, I think, is what it was. Where were oh, we at, yeah. they had it on tap, which is cool. It's uh dangerous because I think I had like four of them. During See, a it's show. easy to drink. <laughs> um, so this is uh, a five and a half percent beer. Um, it's just like a very like traditional peach. Um, it says it has peach and apricot puree. I don't that get a whole lot of so apricot, but I good. think that's more like the tartness. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've also, I don't know if I know what apricots taste like.
1: That sounds so good. You should have brought me, you should not have brought that for Trevor and you should have brought it for me. Okay. Well, I was staying with Trevor, so. (laughs) fruit. So, um, my three words I'm going to use to describe this are, um, piney and clean I think clean's a really good way to describe this beer in general so it's oh it's so good
0: I'm gonna call this crisp dry fruity
1: nice I like it um Uh, real quick before we get into the episode um So between the time that we recorded last and when we're recording now, so obviously we had an episode come out after this took place, but we just wanted to highlight a couple of things that we thought were really exciting that went down at this year's Great American Beer Festival. Um, You happened to be in Denver, look at the end, tail end of it, and didn't go. And funny enough, um, our, our former guests, Rachel and Brian, attended GABF this year, and it's the most on-brand thing ever that we have still not gone, but our friends have gone.
0: Yeah. And our friends are well, not as
1: big into beer as we are.
0: I feel like I could have gone, but it felt wrong not going with you. It's fair. Oh, Gross. Well, I'm just saying that so that if you ever have the opportunity to go and you don't go with me, you then feel guilty the entire time. Yeah. We we were going
1: to try to go next year, but... uh. Our friend's getting married that weekend, so we cannot go.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's we were going to go in
1: 2020.
0: 2020.
1: Yeah, we had our hotel and stuff, and that's when we ended yeah. up just going and partying in Denver for a few days. Right. But um, <clears throat> a couple of the things we just wanted to highlight that were really cool and exciting. Um, there's a newer brewery in Evanston, so just north of Chicago, that won um, the 0 to 250 barrels brewery and brewer of the year award. Um, their head brewer, Scott Frank, um, I've heard he's really cool. Um, I have a couple friends that have been to this brewery, but the brewery is called Double Clutch. Um, their beers are apparently really good and it's uh, it's newer and it's up in Evanston and I still haven't been yet, but it's all like car themed and I've heard the tap room itself
0: is really cool. Like not cars.
1: I wish it was the movie cars. No, it's like actual (laughs) like
0: vehicle cars. That's a little disappointing. I know. it's <laughs> like right? a Lightning McQueen beer. <laughs> um, and then the other big
1: one we wanted to highlight, actually, uh, I'm drinking their beer right now. Ghost Town won um, the 5,000 to 15,000 barrels Brewery and Brewer of the Year Award. So that's so exciting. Um, I We love Ghost Town in this house and in <coughs> your house. So. Yeah,
0: the other thing I wanted to highlight that Ghost Town won was um, their Imperial India Pale Ale um, Nose Goblin won gold um, for that category. And that's like a – I've had that beer a few times, I think mainly at the the Flying Pig, um, where our friend, former guest, Aaliyah, works. Um, great beer. Uh, so I just wanted to highlight that one. And I had then, that one when we went to Ghost Town, when mm-hmm. I was in town. Yeah, that beer was really good. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to highlight is um, the brewery I'm drinking right now, Laughing Monk, they uh, got a bronze for the beer Holy Ghost, and that's um, for the international style Pilsner.
1: Yeah, they're, oh my gosh, Laughing Monk, like, I know they make a ton of IPAs, and their IPAs are so good, but, like, their non-IPA styles are fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, like I there's think that's not... something
1: that gets like overlooked with them a little bit because they make so many IPAs and they're rotating through them so quickly. Yeah, um, But yeah, it's, their stuff's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've had a bad beer there. Um, and we've been, oh, I've been a couple of times you've been with me. Um, yeah. I mean, we had that I can't remember what it was called prophetess, which was like that Earl gray blonde, I think. Oh yeah. Um, which is one that of the best beers great. I've had. Yeah. Yeah
1: i also liked um the 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 tangy one what's that beer called the sour something tangy that's blue oak oh that's no i'm sorry that's not the one i'm thinking of not tangy um i had it when i was there hmm you drank it on the podcast once too the Playa Tamarindo? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of, yes. The tamarind
0: and pineapple? Yes, the tamarind,
1: that's the one I'm thinking of, not Tangy. I, I, listen, yeah. I've had, like, no sleep, and
0: I'm just drinking caffeine and beer already. <sighs> I mean, I said the same show twice and also named the wrong author for one of the books, so fair. it's fair. We're having a rough time.
1: Yeah, I know. It's these mid-afternoon recordings, sir kicking my ass
0: (laughs) I mean I've only been awake for like two hours that's
1: fair I've only been functional for like two hours oh the other big thing I want quick I wanted to highlight from GABF um our buds at Maplewood won gold for fat pug this year so that was exciting that's a great that's a great oatmeal that's a great beer
0: cool uh so with that I think we are ready to get into the episode yeah, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> so after much discussion and <laughs> flip-flopping, um, we finally actually like came down to a topic. Um, so this episode is part of half, or not regularly. Jesus Christ, it's not halfway to Halloween, it's Halloween. <laughs> it is actual Halloween. Um, it's part of Halloween part two, Electric Spookaloo, spooky episode two, I don't know. I don't know what we call it. Um, we're talking about teen horror movies. Yes.
1: Yeah, we thought it would be fun. I mean, we did an episode a while ago on, like, we've done Scream, we've done Final Destination. But, like, those movies, like, that genre of movie is just so campy and, like, fun. So we thought it would be fun to do a whole episode talking about teen horror. Yeah. So I did actually try to, like, find what defines teen horror. And it's basically just, like... The only thing I could find is that it involves high schoolers or there college students. That's the only thing I could really find.
0: Um. Yeah, I think part of it is they follow a specific or not. Any, they don't anymore, but like previously teen horror followed like a very specific set of tropes, um, which is like kind of made fun of and scream. Uh, yeah. But it's always been like teens, they have a party. If you have sex, you die. And you don't answer the phone.
1: You don't answer the phone. I found this really interesting, like Reddit thread from a couple of years ago that they did on r slash horror, and um, it's like they did a discussion around various concepts in horror, and this was just teenagers in general. Um, and it's basically, you know how like kids are kids are like super scary in horror movies when it's like kid kids, but like teenagers actually play a vital part in a lot more horror movies than kids because the kids are used as a tool to be scary and creepy teenagers are like the main character right Mm -hmm. so um somebody says and i actually like this um the two main reasons that uh teenagers are used so heavily in horror movies is one they are primarily like the target audience right and then second, they're dumb, reckless, and horny. It's easy to make scenarios <laughs> where you get two dumb teenagers to run off and have sex or explore an abandoned part of camp or a house and then die. It could also be like a power fantasy. And I'm still like reading what this person's response is. Um, it says, a weird way for the nerdy kids to get back at the dumb popular kids. While not necessarily a horror director, Tim Burton has admitted to killing off the jock in Edward Scissorhands specifically as a power fantasy because he was
0: bullied as a kid. I think part of the other reason, um, and this is something that you and I touched on in the last episode where we talked about like marketing tactics mm-hmm. um, for horror movies. Um, obviously, like we, we talked about how a lot of horror movies are geared at what, like 15 to 24 year olds? Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is because that's like the, the target market foremost horrors because those are who's like consuming horrors um teen horror goes so or it it, it, it's so popular because it's easy to like put yourself into the scenario Mm -hmm, as a teenager being the target market um and so i I think that's part of it and then there's another comment on here because i opened up the thread Um, this person says it could possibly be a tactic used to ground the events of a horror into a person's own experience um, we all knew a dumb jock, a slutty cheerleader, a stoner burnout, a quiet but kind of hot nerdy girl and these broad strokes make them all universally relatable and those are like the character tropes for the most part in like a teen horror. Yeah.
1: Also I mean this is just like me thinking in general like it's easy to create like a plot line around a lot of things with teenagers because you know like it's harder to like make some of these scenarios like b- believable or whatever because like with adults like we don't like the, we don't go out into the i mean we, some people go out into the forest and do stupid shit um mm-hmm. but like you can't have like that camp fantasy like that's not a thing with adults so like obviously there's so many right. horror movies that centered around like there's sleepaway camp there's you know um friday the 13th like <clears throat> you have all these camp-based movies and like obviously that's not a thing
0: yeah and i think part of it is like adults wouldn't act that way as you mentioned so like it's hard to like when you see a horror movie with adults they're for the most part making logical decisions like while they may do stupid shit they're for the most part making logical decisions and like when you're watching a teen horror you're like what the fuck are you doing why are you doing that i would never do that and that's part of the point is like They, as, like, adults would not be making decisions. They're making decisions based off of being horny, being stupid, worrying about, like, their future and, like, how it's going to affect them. Like, I know what you did last summer. The entirety of the plot for that movie is based off of, like, them making a stupid decision and trying to, like, fix it for their future. And it coming back to haunt them. So it's like, also
1: like the line in Scream where um, Matthew Willard's character is like, my mom's going to be so mad.
0: Exactly. So like that's sort of the driving force is like that and you don't really have that as an adult. Yeah. Also like adult horror movies like
1: kind of freak me out a little bit because when you see like The Descent, like that shit, that's some stupid adult shit that'll get you killed.
0: Yeah, and, like, hostile. That is some stupid adult shit that Those are
1: basically killed. teenagers and hostile.
0: They I don't... mean, they're, like, what, college, like, early yeah. college? Yeah. I guess. I, th- I think that's uh, a good point to make. So, like, the target audience for horror is 15 to 24-year-olds. Mm-hmm. I think, like, once you hit 24, you're not considered a teen comedy anymore, but you could be in, like, your early 20s yeah, um, as, like, the main character and still, like, kind of fall within that, like, teen comedy. Like, I... Actually, now I want to argue. Midsummer is a teen comedy. They are college students. Teen horror, not teen comedy. Teen horror. Because they're all in college and doing stupid yeah. shit, driven by having sex.
1: Yeah, I also think like a lot of these movies, um, in particular, that like in this like main era of like the teen slasher that I always think of, like. We have like, You have, like, your classic slasher in the earlier phases of horror from, like, the 70s and 80s, and then the 80s kind of gives way to, like, this more of, like, the stereotype of the teen slasher movie, because the first one I can think of is, like, My Bloody Valentine is, like, absolutely, like, an early version of a teen slasher in particular, um, and then, you know, in the, like, late 90s, you get Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, The Faculty... And those are, like, more, and then I guess people are putting the craft in there as well, because that also came out in 96. Um, Mm -hmm. But this thing that I found pretty much says, um, uh, where was I just reading that? Oh, it says pretty much, like, after Scream, which basically, like, rewrote, obviously, we've talked about it before, it changed the game for horror in the 90s and, like, into the Mm -hmm. early 2000s um pretty much everyone was trying to adapt to that afterwards but um you know the well, it like
0: revitalized the genre
1: yeah but the thing is also like i i've seen this in like horror documentaries about the 80s they're like we need to replicate halloween what can we do to replicate 1979's halloween like we have that is what we need to get and it's like the same thing happened with scream and that's when you're getting all these other horror movies so basically it's like uh, alien invasions or urban legends or brainwashing of some kind. Um, and then the films all are packed with like 90s alt rock hits and they have cat, they're cast with recognizable television stars from like the. This one specifically references that like everybody was from the WB, which I think is hilarious and that's very true. Um, there's, you know, some shared casual misogyny and disturbing attitudes towards sexual assault, but you know, that was the 90s so Mm -hmm. but that's also like i don't know it's very much like what high school felt like in the 90s too for people So it was very very
0: relatable and it wasn't like a re complete reformulation either Mm -hmm. like there was still the final girl aspect she's still like relatively like prudent and like like, virginal, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. In a lot of them, like, the ones I can think of at least. And then, like, it still kind of follows that trope, even in, like, the 90s horror where it's it's kind of reworking um, the entire category, it still kind of has, like, the, the very basis of the early, like, slasher films. hmm Yeah.
1: And a lot of those early slasher films fall into the teen slasher, you know, based on the definition
0: we i mean like yeah f- think of like the most iconic the the four iconic maybe five um killers in like horror yeah they're villains, all like it, michael myers
1: you know, tor- tormenting teenagers
0: yeah michael myers jason um freddy krueger ghostface yeah all tormenting teenagers yeah I actually
1: saw something really interesting where they um I was like, looking when I was doing some research on this earlier just like, trying to pull some stuff. Um the the one Halloween movie that I think fits best into this like teen slasher genre um is H2O. Really? Yeah, cuz it's that one is so tacky and so bad. Mm. <laughs> like I think that absolutely fits the like Scream era I know what you did last summer era yeah
0: it's funny though because like thinking back I I know that Scream was and like Scream was intentionally supposed to be like a black comedy horror Mm -hmm. um I know what you did last summer sort of like did that a little bit but not to the extent um but like thinking about the 90s horror movies I just lost my point
1: <laughs>
0: i can't remember what i was trying to say
1: um one thing i learned um i haven't seen this movie in a long time but one of the worst film titles i've ever heard ever is i still know what you did last summer that is the worst
0: movie title ever and jack I black think that doesn't bother me jack black is in that which i totally I forgot i i that doesn't bother me anymore anyways, I, I remember where I was going now um, <laughs> with the previous point is they're still very campy mm,
1: and mm-hmm. like purposely
0: so, and I feel like they're very campy, but at the time they didn't feel campy yeah If that makes sense like at the time they they felt scary they felt like horror movies and then like over time like for at least for me maybe it's because I was so young um they've gotten more and more campy to me
1: I think. The campiness of horror comes, like, as, like, technology evolves and we move forward. Because, like, Evil Dead was not campy when it came out. Evil Dead is camp now.
0: That's a good point. And I think maybe part of it is, like, as we get older and as other movies come out, like, there are probably movies like Saw in 20 years might be campy as hell. I mean, Saw's kind of campy already.
1: <laughs> okay, you get what I'm saying. That yeah, I, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I'm looking through this list of like a lot of the various like teen horror movies, and they include Bride of Chucky, and that movie is so funny. That is not a horror. Never movie seen that, one. that is a comedy. That movie is hilarious.
0: So um, I found this list that is uh, from SlashFilm.com, and it has the 15 best teen horror movies all time ranked. Uh, I kind of want to go through some of these. Yeah, let's do it. Um, So 15 Halloween. 79? Um, Yeah. I think it's interesting that it's the last one on this list for being so, like, iconic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like... Really like giving momentum to the genre. Hmm. Um. Number fourteen. I know what you did last summer. That is wild to me that I know what you. That I be, know what you did last summer. That should be higher. I I'm think. it's Crazy. That, what else
1: is on this list? Because that
0: should be higher. I'm just surprised that I know what you did last summer comes in ahead of Halloween. Yeah. Um. Thirteen is it follows.
1: That is a great movie. That is like a modern teen horror. That movie is yeah, I would so agree. So good.
0: Um, number twelve is Carrie. I like that. Number like eleven that. is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies.
1: Is that the which new, I do want to? Is that the new one with uh, Pete Davidson or whatever?
0: Is Pete Davidson? Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I do want to talk about this in a sec uh, at some point though, because. Um, Every generation has its horror. Yeah. Like, it's the, the defining, generation-defining horror, and I do think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is Gen Z's defining horror. Um, number 10, A Nightmare on Elm Street. That That is a good, that's a good one, too. Uh, number nine uh, is called Ginger Snaps. I've never seen this.
1: Oh, my God. That's, like, one of my favorite movies. That's, like, a modern, well, I guess it came out in 2000. Um monster horror yeah it's like a kind of like a different version of like a werewolf type situation but that movie's
0: so good number eight is called tragedy girls I haven't seen that yet. I haven't heard of that one um this is it says online addiction and constant quest for validation uh follows two would-be serial killers desperate to make a name for themselves Hmm. so sort of kind of seems like a scream ask yeah like comedy version um, Number seven, Final Destination three. The third one. Let's see if the other ones are on here. Because I. The first one's the best. Actually, no. The fifth one. The, the second best, one's the best. In...
1: I oh, hope we no, the second to... one's the best. The second
0: one is really good. I, the I, second I... one still. I'm judging this by the fact that I'm still traumatized by the second one.
1: Oh, with the uh, log thing. The yeah. logs. Yeah. yeah
0: fuck number them. six is the craft
1: that's a that's a fantastic movie
0: I love that movie so much I actually like I get that it's kind of a horror I don't think I've never actually considered the craft to be like a horror but I know I that it does either. fall within that genre um number five is a movie called freaky uh, this is a 2020 movie I'm
1: gonna look this one up um
0: number four is my personal favorite scream Scream should be number one let's be real <clears throat> no you'll i I know it's number one you'll you'll agree with this. Um, number three is The Faculty. That's a really good movie. That's early Elijah Wood. I was going to say, is that Elijah Wood? hmm Um, I know that girl from something. Oh, she was in Drive Me Crazy. She's all that. Number two, this is interesting. Fear Street Part 1, 1994.
1: I actually saw Fear Street come up quite a bit um, in these, like, reviews of, like, teen horror.
0: Uh, I read a lot of Fear Street um, growing up, and mm-hmm. I, it's a very interesting story in general, uh, and I like these. Uh, and number one is Jennifer's Body.
1: Oh, that movie's the best. Okay, that's fair. That is, like... Yeah, I was going to say,
0: you'll you'll be okay peak. with number one. That is P. Yes. I was going to say, like, you'll be okay with it.
1: Yeah, so Um, I'm looking up this freaky movie, and I've never seen anything related to this, ever. I've never heard of this. I've never seen anything.
0: I've never seen this I'm curious about how they defined this. I also heard Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was, like, not that good. See, okay, so... um, Essentially, what I was going to talk about with this is, like, as I said, every generation has their, like, generation-defining horror that's very, like, indicative of their generation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, obviously, Millennials, I think it's Scream. Gen X is Halloween. Um, And from what I understand, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is, like, very, like, Gen Z, and maybe that's the reason, like, people don't like it that much. is because it's, like, so much of them being them. Yeah. Um and it's not, it's not relatable as like because technology has evolved so much it's so unrelatable.
1: Yeah, that's like for people when they like did us like, in the same and, way.
0: Um,
1: what's that horror movie? Like where it like, all takes place over Zoom came out. You may not have seen it. I saw. I watched it on Shutter, so you know it was like some B shitty horror movie. <laughs> uh, but they, like the whole thing was filmed via Zoom during the pandemic.
0: Hmm, I don't know
1: but like it's like that kind of thing where it's like this is like so not fun to watch because it's like not relatable house you're yes that's the one I'm thinking of yeah I watched that Oh, I've heard of this
0: but I didn't watch it now yeah I mean I think it's interesting because it's it's a very they have their own like style Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's fair that like we may not get it, but I think it's very fair to be like this is a, a define like a, a genre defining for this generation because it is a very different style than like Scream or Halloween, which are the classics, but mm-hmm. from a different generation.
1: I always think of you know, as like I'm very much like on the young end of the millennial scale. Um, I always think of like. Because I was so young when, like, Scream came out. I would have been two or three. My, I always think more of, like... Um, Scream came out in 96? Six, yeah. I was born yeah, in the mean, end of four, 93. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I love that movie now. I always think of stuff, like, um, when they remade uh, Fear... Not Fear Street.
0: Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm lying. Um, I got the gen- Generations mixed up. Scream is Gen X. Yeah, um, our millennials and the, uh, the the video I saw that was describing this was describing like not so much it came out during that generation; it came out from like people writing it and producing yeah, yeah, of yeah, that yeah, generation. Yeah. Um, so Scream would have been Gen X. Jennifer's Body was ours. It was like millennials writing Jennifer's Body, and then yeah bodies 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 is gen z writing
1: yeah the one i always think of um is the remake of fright night that came out in 2011 that's the one like for Mm -hmm. some reason like that sticks out as like the horror movie i think of for like our generation even though it did not do well and it's
0: not good that's what i see. i think of i think of jennifer's body because that came out around the same time too it's so millennial that is true jennifer's body is so fucking good um, but, yeah, I think that was just an interesting list. It, yeah. I don't know. I It would be interesting to, like, go through that and see some of the ones I've never seen um, and then see if I agree with the ranking. But as of now, I don't.
1: No, I definitely don't. Because I do
0: think, like, I think, I know what you did last summer should be higher up on that list. Mm-hmm. I think Jennifer's Body should absolutely be number one. I think Scream should probably be number two.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at another list because obviously there's a billion lists that are like this, but I wanted to reference a couple of the movies that were not on that list that I think are okay. cool as well. Um so disturbing behavior. I don't know if you've seen that. It's basically like Stepford Wives, but for high schoolers. So like all these like burnout kids are suddenly becoming um like high overachievers.
0: Uh huh.
1: That's like a late oh Oh, that's got Katie Holmes in it. I yes. think I'm looking at the
0: same list you're looking at now. Yeah,
1: it was it's in the thing I sent you. Uh Slumber Party Massacre, fantastic movie. That's, like, another really big one, I would say. Um, I haven't seen Urban Legend. Actually, yes, I have. This is the one where he's, like, wearing the hood and the axe. This is the one with Jared Leto in it. Yeah.
0: I hate him. I do, too. Um, Oh, I can't believe this wasn't brought up. My Bloody Valentine.
1: Well, I mentioned it earlier, but that's, like, absolutely a
0: teen horror. I'm just shook it's not in a list, because that's, like, the epitome. Yeah,
1: I would agree. Oh, my God. That... That's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I remember I was we, when we watched it for Valentine's Day horror movie night with our friends, we just died the whole time. And then Didn't we watch the so remake fun. after? We the watched, remake's like ten times worse.
0: The remake was ten times worse. Also, I think it was the exact same movie. It's just, it's the exact same movie, and it's they just did things to
1: make it like be three oh. D. So yes, like that's and there why were moments, the movie we so
0: Right, because we weren't watching in three D, and we're like. Okay, this like was supposed to be 3D and it's stupid.
1: Yeah, and it's got fucking Dean Winchester in it.
0: Yes, I remember that. I remember us just making fun of every like part where it it was obvious supposed to be like 3D moment, and was like, "This is they should have just cut this part for non 3D versions of this."
1: Um, Sleepaway Camp is on here. Wasn't
0: that Trevor's like movie that he said was the scariest? Like the like we did an episode with uh, former guest Trevor. And it was about like movies that truly terrified us. Oh no, I think, no, I think
1: was... it may have been on his list. I know it's the the one that's it was one of the Amityville horrors or whatever it was like his top traumatizing film. But sleepaway right.
0: camp, I is do like remember him so, bringing up sleepaway camp. Yeah.
1: though. Um, that movie is so weird. Oh my god! I we and Rachel, former guest Rachel, were watching it together one day over like Discord, mm-hmm. and we were just like fucking dying. <sighs> Uh, The faculty's on here. That movie's great. This is an interesting one that I think um, made the list. I was a teenage werewolf from the 50s.
0: I think that's like a really interesting one, too, to put on here. I think it's interesting. So the the caption underneath it says, Today it's considered a camp, but back then the idea of a teenage monster was actually considered shocking. Um, And it launched a series of similar exploitation films, which puberty, Adolescence, and Delinquency are conflated with – uh, monstrous metamorphoses um i think it's it makes sense like it is campy now but that was probably one of the first at the time yeah totally also
1: this was pre-teen wolf so like once teen wolf came out basically making fun of this like that's when it became camp true um i like that they put buffy the vampire slayer
0: on here i Um, love that movie i don't I get that it's probably considered a horror, but um, I've never thought of it as a horror. It's horror. Uh, I thought that movie was great.
1: Yeah. Um, The original Last House on the Left is on here. That movie's great. Prom Night. I wish they Mm -hmm. had Prom Night 2 on this list, because I like Prom Night 2 better than
0: Prom Night 1. Um, Yeah. And just kind of evidences, like, Jamie Lee Curtis as a scream queen as well. Yeah, totally. Um, Oh, I'm going to say it now so that we have it recorded at some point. But we should do an episode about Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to talk about the Activia ads the whole time. <laughs> that poor yes. woman is going to be forever known as the lady from the shit yogurt.
0: <laughs> um, I know Eat the Summer is also on the list. Yeah, and then they have The Blob, The Craft. I have you seen The, the blob? blob? was terrifying. That, yeah, back in the that day.
1: freaked me out as a kid. Even though that movie is super old, um,
0: that... That also scared the fuck of me. me. Uh, Fright Night, as you had mentioned. That's the original. um... Yeah. Uh, The caption just says, pick this over the Colin Farrell remake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Final Destination 1, thank God, is on this list. God, the movie's so good. Yeah. Ginger Uh, Snaps again. Yeah, I told you, that movie's good.
1: You gotta watch it. Yep. Uh, yep. The Lost Boy is just classic, iconic. Oh, that's so classic. That's like one of my so favorite good. movies of all time. Uh, yeah. they Friday the 13th. This one also includes It Follows. They include It here, which I think was an interesting choice too. Um, which It though? Uh, well, they reference the 2017 one, but it could be, I guess, either, really. Yeah. Listen, we all love the spooky Bill Skarsgård one. Also, I'm never going to forget that time that we watched it at the Vic, and that guy would scream and then start laughing.
0: (laughs) Dude, I forgot about that guy.
1: That guy guy made the movie. That movie's not as fun to watch without that guy just screaming and then laughing because he got so scared. I honestly forgot about that. Um, They've got Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I'm surprised this didn't make more lists, because I think this absolutely encapsulates teen horror um, I'm also
0: surprised this next one didn't make more lists. Oh,
1: well, so cabin in the woods and then Carrie. Is that the other one? Uh, specifically cabin in the oh, woods yeah.
0: because it takes like the tropes and then like turns them on their head, like M night Shyamalan style yeah. of like twists, twists, twists. Um, twist. I think, I think it's really, I think cabin in the woods personally is a great movie because it's like straight meta and I love yeah. meta things. Yeah. Um, and like they're playing homage to like the tropes, but then like turning them on their head. Where like the douchebag jock has like a scholarship, yeah, and then the slutty cheerleader is actually really smart, and then like, yeah. the virgin is actually kind of a slut, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy that.
1: Yeah, that movie is so much fun to watch too, just because like you're. I love when like they like, almost like zoom out and like show the people working behind the scenes and all like the nonsense they're doing throughout this whole thing. Like those yeah, are my favorite parts of the movie. Also, Chris Hemsworth is in that movie, and I always I know. forget that. And it's really weird seeing him in anything. Mm-hmm. So That's not Thor. Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: Um, number two, because we talked about Carrie. Carrie. Number two is Halloween. Number one is Scream, yeah. Number one is Scream.
1: What? So we are, we give me your top five. We've looked at a couple lists. Give me your top five. It doesn't have to be in order, just your top five. Let me come back to it. Okay. I was gonna say I'm also gonna do Jennifer's Body because of course. I'm gonna do ginger snaps. I'm gonna do my bloody Valentine. Um specifically for teen horror, I'm gonna do I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. Um and then I'm gonna do Final Nation. I like I like Scream,
0: but I just I don't know. Scream's not my favorite. How dare you. I know. I'm gonna do Scream Jennifer's Body Final destination. I think I'm gonna take Halloween off the list. I know what you did last summer. Still stuck on five.
1: I picked my bloody valentine specifically for the scene in the laundromat where like the heart, they like he gets like the lady's heart or whatever.
0: And it's like in the
1: Yeah, it's like in the washing
0: machine. Yeah. Specifically yeah. for that one scene. Um, I kind of feel like I do want to say My Bloody Valentine. It's it's iconic.
1: I was going to do my Bloody Valentine or Sleepaway Camp, so.
0: I'm going to leave it at that. That, Okay. That works for me. Damn, this Collider article has got some hot takes. (laughs) This has got some very hot takes. Hotter
1: than putting bodies, bodies, bodies on the list above Halloween?
0: Here's a. This is uh, the Collider's 90s. Fourteen horror movies ranked starting at number 12 okay number 12 is The Rage Carrie 2 that movie's horrible that movie should not be on any list um number 11 I still know what you did last summer that movie's also terrible okay but honestly though it's got an, I think the reason this is so high on the list is because the cast is so like 90s iconic oh like, yeah like you got Jennifer Love this. Hewitt Freddie
1: Prince Jr Jack Black Brandy It's true. Brandy
0: is, in fact, in this movie. Um, Number 10 is Idle Hands. That movie freaked me out a little bit. Uh, Again, a very, like, 90s cast, though. Jessica Jessica Alba, Alba, Seth Green. Green. Vivica A. Fox. Yeah. Number nine, Disturbing Behavior. Reasonable. Number eight, Urban Legend. It's the Jared Leto movie. Also, Tara Reid. Very 90s cast. Joshua Jackson. I have no idea who that is.
1: He was in Dawson's Creek. Oh, that's why I don't know who that is. Number seven, Bride of Chucky. I told you that was on one of these lists. That movie is iconic. You gotta watch that. It's so fucking funny.
0: Also a very 90s cast. Jennifer Tilly Um, is
1: amazing in that movie.
0: Number six is I Know What You Did Last Summer. Number five is Scream 2, which is, that's a hot take. Putting Scream Two on a list is a hot take. I mean, it's still directed by Wes Craven, so I'll take it. No, I know, but it's still a hot take. Like, Scream Two is good. If Scream One's not on this list, it's a hot take. I haven't gone that far. Um, number four, Halloween H Two O. That movie is mentioned. Horrendous, but uh, this is also very nineties. Literally,
1: ha- I'm. I'm dying. The first thing in their caption for this says Halloween H2O was not only the best Halloween sequel in parentheses. Fight me. <laughs> it's an incredibly effective horror film in its own right. And it's the perfect overlap between the first and the second slasher cycle. Well, that I, I will bring Laurie Strode back. Yeah. That too. is the one where they brought
0: Laurie Strode back. That movie's terrible though. It also says H2O is fascinating because it's clearly a reaction to Scream Um, Scream 2 can even be seen in the background of a scene demonstrating how wildly fast these films came out once the trend kicked off Mm -hmm. and the teen cast was touted as a huge selling point for the film Um, number 3 is The Craft number 2 is The Faculty number 1 is Scream I mean I kind of think putting Scream 2 is a hot take on this like there's a lot of movies you could put on here instead of Scream 2 yeah.
1: So um I think that kind of wraps up teen horror a little bit, but there's a couple things I thought just because, you know, it's real close to Halloween. It's like peak horror season in general. There's a couple of like really big horror things going on right now. And I thought, you know, it's a little off topic, but it'd be a cool timely way to like wrap up the episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first thing, and it's been all over TikTok, um, at least my TikTok feed, because I I don't want to talk about what my feed looks like, but uh, <laughs> it's got this on it. Um, so, Terrifier 2 just came out. So, te- the first Terrifier came out mm, pretty long time ago. Mm, hold on. When did the first Terrifier come out? 2016. Oh, so a couple years ago. Um, Terrifier 2 just came out, and... Um, the only, I, I have not seen it yet but the only thing i've heard is that people have been like vomiting and having to be carried out of the theater from how quote-unquote scary it is but my tic- mm-hmm. people on tiktok are like no the film's not scary the film is one of the goriest films to come out in years and it is like uncomfortably
0: disgusting
1: yeah so i have a
0: it's like Gross. I have the Wikipedia page open right now, and it talks about so they they consider this film more ambitious than the first film and needing a bigger budget so um the director or producer director um secured finances from private investors but also launched an indieGogo campaign. I did know um, that. with fifty thousand dollars as a goal and ended up making like two hundred and fifty k um and it does say like literally in this wikipedia article the violet and gory sequences have allegedly led to emergency services having been called um due to viewers fainting and vomiting in theaters yeah i've
1: just heard it's absolutely disgusting and i just think it's so interesting because the like the quote-unquote torture porn genre kind of fell off a little bit i think within the last Mm -hmm. 10 years or so um obviously not entirely but not to the level where i feel like for a bit like between you, at Saw, you at Hostel, you at the fucking Green Inferno, you at all of these just like disgustingly realistic gore sequences in film, and we really that really hasn't been like the trend lately. So this coming back is like my worst nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the director Damien Leone um, was asked about audience reactions, and he's this is like a direct quote from him uh, saying. Listen, I would have loved to have had a couple walkouts. I think that's sort of a badge of honor because it's an intense movie. Um, But I don't want people fainting or getting hurt during the movie, but it's surreal.
1: This article that I'm reading from Collider gives it a B- minus overall. They give it an A for the gore, a
0: D for the story. Um, Critical response, Rotten Tomatoes has an 87%, um, but Metacritic gives it a 66%. Um, it's described as the characters being memorable. Um and it says that human life matters more in this movie than it did in the first film. But IGN states the film has underdeveloped subplots and themes, but is considered a, an improvement of the original.
1: The one thing I do find interesting is a lot of the time there's a lot of um like hype, if you will, around horror movies where it's never like, heard of this um it's like super they're like oh this is the scariest thing ever it's the scariest movie of all time it'll make you throw up from how scary it is like that's like a hype tactic for films sometimes right. I mean, and then it's obviously talking about marketing
0: last episode, yeah and like it's, it's like
1: not scary or it's not gross or anything it's just like a, people talking about it this film i've heard is actually disgusting
0: i don't doubt that i don't think i could watch this
1: yeah i honestly don't think i could either i've seen the first terrifier um i think it's streaming on hulu or netflix or one of those or it was um but yeah i uh that's my like sticking point with horror a lot of the time is the uh the gore level because there's like gore like evil dead 2 gore and then there's like green inferno gore they're like i made me like yep. physically ill like, hostile, like, literally still gives me nightmares because, like, that is, like, way too hyper-realistic.
0: Torture porn type shit. I'm trying to find, like, a description of what happens in Terrifier 2. Like, the plot is not very descriptive, but the images from this movie seem very bloody. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I want to know what happens in
1: Yeah. This. yeah. I'm sure it'll be online at some point. Um, Other horror things, just like in general, I don't have it like prepared to look up. Um, I just saw. um, What's the. Oh, God, what is that movie called? I just saw it online. Uh, Oh, no, that is not what I meant to look up. Uh, That is awkward. Hold on. (laughs) No, stop i'll tell you what i saw in a second finding hot singles in your area (laughs) hot milfs in my area that's all i'm finding pearl that's the name of the fucking movie that i just saw um so pearl is like the follow-up to x which came out earlier Mm. this year last year something like that uh it's it's
0: really it was the surprise prequel
1: yes uh pearl is the prequel to x and um it's really cool this year Yeah. So what's really interesting is specifically about the Pearl movie. It's basically like they let the main actress like have a lot of influence over the film. And I think that's why it's like so good. And she Um, is incredible in
0: that movie. I was I saw an interview with Mia Goth talking about this movie and how um, she did have a lot of influence over it. But she talked about like with X especially as well. Um, because they filmed X and Pearl, and then the next one Maxine. coming up, I remember what's called Maxine. Mm-hmm. Um, all kind of in a row, she was very nervous having so much influence. Like it was, it's a lot of it's improv mm-hmm. um, And I think T West Ty is West. the director, Ty West. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, told her like, if it's a bad shot, it's a bad shot. We do it again. Just like, no pressure. Um, and Mia Goth has talked about how, like, the style of filming this allowed her to, like, kind of be the character and, like, stop putting so much pressure on herself. And that's part of the reason it's also so good.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That was really good. I still haven't seen The Smile, uh, or the, it's just Smile. The Smile, smile is a band. Yeah. The Smile is a band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I keep calling it that. But I would wanna... it be
0: wild if they were in that movie, that movie's about them. The horror movie about Tom York semi-Radiohead members. Um, have you seen, is there any like of the
1: other like horror movies coming out or that have come out that you are following or are you just kind of watching them? I haven't you're... seen
0: anything recently to be honest. Just haven't, I've been traveling so much. I haven't had much time. That's fair.
1: I've been traveling a lot too. Um,
0: so I haven't seen a whole lot.
1: That's fair. I'm also watching this really cool docu-series on Shudder called Queer for Fear, Um, and they basically interview a lot of queer performers, and they talk about, like, the analogies through a lot of, like, early horror that are, like, definitely um, influenced by queer culture and how a lot of the, like, directors, actors, writers were closeted or, like, you know, kind of, like, openly gay in, like, a taboo sense at the time. And how, uh-huh. like, that – knowing that about them as an actor shows, like, the difference of how, like, the character is portrayed. So it's really – that's really interesting, too. you got to use my uh, shutter account and go watch that. Yeah, I know. You didn't believe me that
0: I gave you my account. Uh, that was Patricia. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So I think on that note, that covers it for this episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... Halloween's our favorite time of year, so it's fun to be able to talk about horror shit. And with that, um,
0: do you want to do it? (laughs) If you enjoyed listening to this episode, if you enjoy us, uh, please give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast streaming service you use. Uh, If you leave us a review or a rating, actually, no, if you leave us a review, if you leave us a rating with no words, we can't do anything with it. But if you leave us a rating, no, a review, review, we uh, will read it on the air. If you're not comfortable with that, you can send us a DM, an email on any of our social medias that will pop up at the end of the song. Um, If you talk to us, we'll talk to you. We love talking. Stephanie takes forever to respond to things half the time. I will just remind her to to respond. But you will get a response back if you talk to us. Um, So with that being said, listen to the song, listen through the song, and you will hear all of our socials and talk to us.
1: And with that, we will see you next
0: time. Bye, guys. Alright, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is drunkanduncultured, and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at LindsaySoldOut. And
1: I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at shitty blog Stay drunk guys. See you next time.